go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Today, here on Good Morning NFC East, we're going to have tone on all week. Again, we're going to try some stuff out here. Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr, the host of Good Morning NFC East. Tone, um, you know, Tuesday's always the quietest day in the news cycle because everybody's usually off and no one's really talking, but we got some good talking points here coming, don't we? Yeah, you know, when you sent me the topics last night, I was like, okay, Jeff's trying to get a little uh, saucy. He- <laughs> just trying to stir the pot a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not stirring any pot. I'm just going <laughs> by what's happening here. That's true, you know, and, and a lot and a lot is happening, right? So let's just let, let's just get right to it, you guys. First things first. Good morning, welcome to Good Morning NFC East. Like my man Jeff Kerr said, we got a lot to talk about with you guys, and this is Good Morning NFC East. So we're going to give you the Eagle spin, we're going to give you the Giant spin, we're going to give you the Cowboys spin, we're going to give you the Commanders spin. You know what I mean? So. Carson I had a joke there, and I didn't want to use it. <laughs> what was it? Uh, the, the commies thing. I don't know if you heard that one. Oh they my god! I mean, we got you. Got to admit, it's a pretty terrible name. It, it's a horrible name. I and I don't think anybody watching likes the name. But by the way, <laughs> but before we do get into them, what did you think of those black uniforms? Oh man. Well, hmm. you broke up a little bit, Jeff. Say that one more time. What did you think of those black uniforms on Sunday? Or the black uniforms are fire. Yeah. See, I like them too. Like, everybody hated them. And I'm like, nah. no, I, it's a different identity. I kind of like it. No, nah, they were good. I, I I'll admit, I mean, they gave me the they gave me longest yard vibes, but they but they were they were good. They were good. I like them. I can't I can't, I can't lie. I'll tell you what though, someone and again, this isn't coming from Ron Rivera. This isn't coming from Washington, but I read Hogs Haven a lot. I read a lot of the the blogs in Washington because that, that's how I get a lot a lot of my news, a lot of the polls. And those guys are pretty good down there. Someone wrote, I I, I forget the name. Is it time to bench Carson Wentz in Washington? Ah, uh, I was going to ask you the same question. I was like, already? Like we're we're going this we're going down the rabbit hole already with Carson Wentz. They're moving on from him. But I here's the thing, Tone. This is just my personal opinion on it. 
No, not after four games. Uh, you, you can't move on from him yet. I know their season looks like it's spiraling out of control, and he's not playing well. But, no, I I, I don't think so. Not this early. Yeah, um, I think it would be a knee-jerk reaction to bench him this early. Again, it's been four games, and they're one and three. They can very well turn it around if they somehow have a come-to-Jesus conversation. So the season is not entirely lost for them. I don't see them winning the NFC East or – I really don't see them making the playoffs because of the way the Eagles and the Cowboys are playing right now. But, you know, let's just go through some of his numbers because he started off pretty well. And then he's just been regressing every single game. So week one, they beat the Jaguars 20 to 22. He completed 66 percent of his passes and threw four touchdowns, two interceptions. Only got sacked one time. It was a comeback. It was, it was a comeback victory. Had a passer rating of 101. Pretty good, right? Then Detroit, they lost on the road. He completed 65% of his passes, three touchdowns, one interception, a 99.7 quarterback rating. He was sacked five times, though. And then came the Philadelphia Eagles demon that he's been trying to slay, and he failed. He completed 58% of his passes, no touchdowns, no, no interceptions. He was sacked nine times, passer rating of 71. And then the Cowboys game. 59% completion percentage, one touchdown, two interceptions, two sacks, 56 passer rating. He's steadily regressing every single game. I don't like how that looks. I don't like how that sounds. What say you? So, rewatching Sunday's game, Washington did what I said they should have been doing with their poor offensive line. A lot of checkdowns, not a lot of deep passes, not going for the jugular like they were early in the season. Uh, the first two weeks. The, they didn't really have a chance to do that against the Eagles because the Eagles were getting the wets. But with all the injuries on their offensive line, I'm like, okay, let's do checkdowns. Let's, you know, do the short passes. Let's get guys like J.D. McKissick involved in the passing game. And they did, but then Wentz got trigger-happy again, and he's trying to test Trayvon Diggs, which I think people should know by now that's a mistake. I don't care how many passing yards he gave up last year. This year, Trayvon Diggs is a top-five quarterback in football. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And – Trayvon Diggs made that man pay a couple times. And I, I'm thinking to myself, and Carson just says, again, it's terrible body language. He can't make this, the throws that most quarterbacks can make. Galen Hurts can make the check down throws. Uh, Jared Goff can make the check down throws. Geo Smith can make the check down throws. By the way, Jared Goff and Geo Smith are having really good years. But Carson Wentz just is just looking bad right now, Tone. And it, it really, I, I was thinking about this. Does he start against the Eagles Monday Night Football Week Ten? That's a real, that's a real good question, Jeff. Because I don't know if he'll make it to. I don't, I don't know if he'll make it there. But didn't it? Didn't the Commanders decide to pick up that thirty-two million dollar contract this season? They did. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You are committing to him at least for this year. I know there's a way you can get out of that contract after this year, and you trade it. It's not like you traded a ton of draft picks, but you did trade a second and potentially a third. So, I, I think the Colts are glad to get rid of him. But, like, there's talk maybe they go back to Taylor Heineke. No, I, you can't go back to him. It, you can't. If you move on from Carson Wentz, it's Sam Howell. But Sam Howell's not ready yet. I, I think Carson Wentz is their quarterback throughout the year. Yeah, I think, I think he'll finish the season. Because he's going to have moments where you believe he's back. And then, and then he'll show you again who he is. So that's that's the conundrum of Carson Wentz. He's a guy that 
you want to root for, but at the same time, how can you? He doesn't give you that much reason to. Good guy, by the way. Very good guy. You know, he's a family man, right? Man of God. A man, a man that you would like to take your daughter to prom, right? But he's just he's just a a bozo on 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 the field. He's he he's too eager. He feels like he needs to win the Super Bowl with every throw. Like you said, he can't throw the simple check down. In Philadelphia, ever so many times I've seen him overthrow Miles Sanders. It's just a, a simple, a simple Texas route, or just you know, just the out route to the flat. Like it, it, it's, I don't understand his his makeup as a quarterback. I don't understand his mentality as a quarterback. And if you ask me, he seems to rely strictly on what was and not and not what is. The bottom line is you're not as mobile. You're not you're, you're not as dominant as you used to be. You need to you need to re, readjust. You need to adjust, recalibrate your game because you're not that you're not you're not that guy. You you ever, you ever seen that meme on Twitter? Hey, hey, buddy, you're not that guy. Yep. You're not that guy. <laughs> and, I, and, and I just don't I don't think Carson is that guy anymore. He's just not. Yeah. His biggest asset is gone. And that is escaping from the pocket, rolling out of the pocket and being able to create those big plays uh, with his arm. You know, it'd be like Patrick Mahomes tearing his ACL. He went from Houdini to Moore. Carson (laughs) Carson went from, I I guess, mortal to bad. I mean, because remember, in 2017, and again, this is five years ago now, he was making plays where he was just like, whoa, okay, like this guy is top three in the league. This guy can make plays no one can make. Now he's just a guy who drops back in the pockets, five, seven-step drops, and that's it. Like, I don't know if he knows how to make a three-step a, a three drop tone. It bothers me. But I, I also wanted to get into this um, since we're talking quarterbacks here. Yeah. Who the hell is starting for the New York Giants on Sunday? Man, I heard they were working out. Was it Jake Fromm or something like that? Like, they were yeah, – Jake Fromm were working out. But was, wasn't he already on their roster? Yeah, he point? was – yeah, remember he was the quarterback um, against the Eagles last year when the Eagles when yeah, remember remember when Eagles fans were like panicking because the Giants were up like I think it was three nothing half time. See, I, I tried to get that game out of my mind because that was Joe Judge at his best, and the Eagles just blew him out in the second half. It's or as yeah. um, my my boss uh, who's a Giants fan, Kevin Steinman said, "Oh great, so we can get Jake Fromm in here to hand the ball off." And yeah, I, I mean, look, the laundry list of quarterbacks. It's not good. Like, there's no tie. There's no gain on the shelf here. There's no one yeah. you can turn. It, you know, it's bad. So. No, definitely. I mean, we're going to have Sikon Barkley back there doing Wildcat all damn day. That can't work. And, yeah. you know, let's be real. We knew the Giants were pretenders all along, but the injury bug just makes it even worse for them. And it, it, It's unfortunate. I don't wish injury on, on anyone. I want to make that very, very clear. I do not wish that on anyone. But let's be honest. They're, they're a team that was relying on Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? So I think they can find someone back there to, to run the offense, you know, to his level. And, you know, I think Daniel Jones is going to become a journeyman backup after this season, same thing with Carson Wentz, you know. But to your point, who's playing quarterback for the Giants? I don't know. And this, is good. this, this has become a two-horse race. Eagles and Cowboys and the Cowboys that defense is 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 staying staying the course for them. You know what I mean? Uh, Cooper Rush, a guy that's been 
He's been he's been you know staring you know staring the ship. You know he's he's not really the maestro, but he's just been wading water, treading water. And I and I gotta respect the game. I gotta respect what he's done. You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate the Giants don't have a backup that they can rely on in that regard. Tyrod Taylor's injured with a concussion. How long has he been down with that concussion? By the way. So he injured it Sunday, which again the, the hit was pretty cheap. So, I, and you know, with the whole two of nonsense, I, I shouldn't call it nonsense. It's a very serious thing, but. Right. The way yeah. they handled it was nonsense. Yeah, the way they handled it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for putting that, that in my mouth. You're right. The way it was handled by nonsense was nonsense. The way between the Dolphins, the NFL, the FLPA, everybody's at fault there. I'm just going to go on that. But there's no way when you have a concussion one week, you're playing the next week now. So Tyrod Taylor's out. And. I'm thinking, okay, Daniel Jones, it all depends on the ankle, the severity of the ankle injury. Brian Dable won't say if it's a high ankle sprain. He won't say how big it – he said it was getting better, but of course he's going to say that. So Jones might be out. So you're going to have to promote promote Davis Davis Webb from the practice squad, who's only thrown like – I don't think he's thrown an NFL pass in the game. He's been in NFL games, but I don't think he's thrown a pass. So you got to sign somebody. It's here to me. It's either Adrian McCarron, who has that Bills connection with Dable, with Joe Chen, or Matt Barkley, and they're both. And Matt Barkley's on the Bills practice squad, so you can claim him. You can elevate him. I, I wrote this for CBSSports.com yesterday. Jake Fromm, maybe. I, I, again, they did work him out. I, I wouldn't go that route. And I, I thought it was funny playing Cam Newton. I was just like, hell no, like. No, we're, we're not going down that either. Um, so it's pretty much they got to sign somebody. But it does look like Davis Webb would start against the Green Bay Packers Sunday, which sucks for them, honestly. Like, I, I think you have a chance, based on how Dable coaches them, to win with Daniel Jones. But without him, they don't. Yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is, with Daniel Jones, they have a better chance than they would without Daniel Jones. Whatever chance that is, however you want to quantify that chance, have at it, right? But I want to look at it from, from this perspective. This is a 17-game season. We're four games deep. Saquon Barkley is going to get run into the ground again. Again. And if he gets hurt again, the chances of him getting a contract, a long-term one at that, with high guarantee money, it's going to be slim. I don't see him coming back to the Giants after this season because he, he'll be a free agent c- come the offseason, right? Yep. So I don't see it happening. You know, it's just time and time again, he's being put in these situations where he is the offense. And as a running back in this version of the NFL, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to constantly have to be the engine. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you want to be the caboose. Sometimes you want to, you know, just do your job, you know, average four or five yards a carry you know, run the ball maybe 15 times and move forward like that. But this is unfortunate for Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley is the biggest loser in this situation. He's going to be, he's going to be carrying the ball at minimum probably 25 times a game. And I don't, I personally don't see him lasting the whole season based off of his injury history. You know what I mean? Hey, I, don't I, I, I feel bad for him. Yeah, I don't think he minds it. The, getting the ball because I mean of, of course not he likes football you know I don't think I don't I don't think it's a mental I don't think he mentally doesn't want to do that I just think it's like damn I, it, it's all up to me again you know what I mean and 
just just from a health perspective, you know, not even from his mentality, but just from a health perspective, you know, the longevity of his career, he hasn't had the best luck in terms of injury. He just hasn't. And it's because he's always been leaned on as if he's the damn starting quarterback. So so it's like, you know, I just I just hope that he can stay healthy. I want Saquon Barkley to have a, a lengthy career. You know, I want him to be able to secure a decent contract, you know, after he decides to either stay with the Giants or leave the leave the Giants, whatever his future holds. I just want I just want health to not be the concern because the Giants are going to potentially run him into the dirt if Daniel Jones can't get healthy, if they're going to constantly have this quarterback carousel. And look, maybe the injury is not that serious, but 17 game season, I would hate for Saquon Barkley to have to carry that ball 25 times, have 10 receptions. It's all it's, it's just it's just not a good formula for him in the long term. Unfortunately, he has to do it because if you look at that offensive line, it's not that much better outside Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas is a stud. I, I will say that. But Evan Neal's been struggling. The, really, the whole line's been struggling. They don't have anybody to throw the ball to. Even when Daniel Jones is in, they go, well, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones throw the ball. I'm like, okay, can you name three Giants receivers right now? I mean, I can because I cover the league. But can you name them? Well, if someone will say Kane Galladay, I'm like, he's not playing. <laughs> and now he's hurt. They really don't have anybody to trust on that offense besides Saquon Barkley. And Brian Dable's doing what good coaches do. Okay, he is my best option to win. And he doesn't mind getting the ball. What, what bothered me was, and again, this is Sunday, re-watching the game. He's playing quarterback because Tyrod Taylor's out. Daniel Jones is pretty much a decoy. So you might get your quarterback killed as a decoy, and he's playing Wildcat. And I did think it was funny because they're still getting yards off the Bears. They're nine in the box, and like Clay Harbor said on yesterday, and they're still getting yards. That's how bad the Bears are. This is To me, Tone, this is why I can't take the Giants seriously. Yeah, you know, I'm really curious to, I'm really curious to hear with, uh, hear what I got. Kevin Boylard has to say. Um, he just got here, and um, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited to hear his perspective because Kevin is a Giants fan, I believe, and you know, and and, and he's gonna, and he's not gonna give us the skinny. You know, he's gonna give us the full raw perspective on how this thing may go, how it should go, and how it's been going. You know what I mean? So, Jeff, any final thoughts before we hit this break? Um, you know what, Tone? Not really. I, I, I mean, you know, I did want to touch a little bit of Eagles today. Maybe I will with Kevin. Maybe I will at the end of the show. But, hey, this is the beauty of an hour show. I can push those topics to tomorrow if I need to. Because guys are going to talk today. We're going to get some more information on Eagles injuries. But overall, though, I mean, I, I'm glad we got in some more Commanders Giants talk today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the show is called Good Morning NFC East. So when people when people come into this, you know, come into this house, they know exactly what they're getting. We're going to cover the entire scope of the NFC East. Good, bad, ugly and indifferent. So make sure you guys keep it locked. He's Jeff Kerr. I'm your guy, Tone. The show's the second. This is Good Morning NFC East. Next up, we have our guy, Kevin Boylard. Keep it locked, you guys. Don't touch that dial. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. And it's Wednesday, everybody, so that means we get a full dose of Kevin Boylard, who's probably dancing around back there when his Giants three and one, probably three more wins than he thought they were going to have this year. How's it going, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, man, it feels weird to be in October and the season isn't over. Um, obviously, it's a weird week for the Giants with the quarterback situation, but hey, I can't complain, man. Three and one, let's go. London this week, anything could happen. Yeah, this is the first London matchup with two teams with a winning record. Can you believe that? (laughs) Who thought the Giants in 2007, Jeff? Dude, that what was the? I can't remember the closest one to potentially having with maybe Chargers Packers and I mean the Chargers Saints in 08. That might have been the closest. Yeah, I I mean I can't tell you what's. It's usually seems like this game where you know I I feel like. Outside of like the real diehard people who are, you know, like you and I plugged into the league, plugged into Twitter all week. So we know a London game is coming, but like, I feel like for the average fan, like they don't really promote 
hey, there's going to be a London game on. It's going to be on at 9.30 in the morning, too. Like, people just wake up and, you know, they're, like, groggily looking for their, you know, Sunday pregame show, and all of a sudden they realize a game is on, and they're like, wait, did I oversleep? Like, I don't know if the league actually uh, does a good enough job, one, sending over quality games. You know, I, I know it's kind of you plan it before the season, so it is what it is, um, but – you know, part of that is probably for a long time, it was always just the Jaguars playing over there. Um, but yeah, and and then spreading awareness that, hey, there's a game on uh, at 930 in the morning um, and it's a good one this time. Two winning record teams. So everyone should be up early on Sunday morning. Yeah, as a guy who's crazy about the London games and remember, you know, usually remembers all the matchup. First of all, I got the layup. So for till two weeks ago, I thought the Giants were playing the Jaguars in London. I thought they were the, Jag, the Jaguars opponent this year. And I thought the game was on ESPN+. Plus. There is an ESPN Plus game in London. It's just not this week. So, you know, yeah, you're right. The NFL doesn't do a great job of promoting it. I actually was in the Eagles press box, and I'm like, uh, why isn't there the football game on? Like, and they're like, <laughs> they're like, wait, they're like, wait, there's a game? I'm like, yes, there's a game exactly. today. Perfect example. I feel like unless you're a real diehard football head who spends your day on Twitter every day reading that stuff, like you wouldn't really know. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be ready for it. Yeah, and you're right. There are people that love that content. Like I know people go nuts when sometimes you mention who the announcers are for the game on Sunday, and yeah. they're like, "Well, who are these people?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, they're actually pretty good. Uh, you just don't get to hear them all the time." And then, and then when it's you know your typical Buck Aikman or you know. Um, now Burkhard and Big Olsen, they're like, you know, why do we get them? I'm like, you guys don't like anybody. It's no, uh, I think that goes for every fan base though, with the with the big names. They're like, oh, they hate our team, or you know, they're Cowboys fans. I mean, there may be something to that with uh, Romo and Aikman. He got top uh, and, uh, color guys. Yeah, I mean, the former Cowboys quarterback. I was actually thinking that. I feel like I think fans in the future like are going to flock towards the Manning cast on Monday night because you've got Romo, Aikman, Tom Brady. I know Tom Brady's not a cowboy, but kind of that same allure of like, you know, the quarterback who's, you know, untouchable. And like the Manning cast is so down to earth and, you know, fun guests and stuff. I feel like people are going to be like, you know, I don't need to hear another Cowboys quarterback or Tom Brady break down a play. Like I'm going to go listen to the Manning cast on Monday nights. Yeah, so this is how I love about the main camp. I love it, but with Buck and Aikman now on Monday Night Football, I listen to them more because it is the big game feel. But overall, like, I, I put on the Manning cast Monday when Jalen Hurts was on, obviously, and when the whole gender reveal thing came, and they're ignoring it on ESPN. You just hear Peyton and Eli go, well, we're the B team. They don't really care what we do. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Well, I will say, okay, I got a question for you. I may have, I'm sorry if I brought this up on your show before, but for me, when the Giants are playing or the Eagles or it's a big game, like a couple uh, weeks ago when it was Giants, Cowboys, I can't watch the Manning cast for that because they're talking about too much nonsense. They're interviewing people. Like I need to hear the actual announcers because I need updates on players who are hurt or, you know, I just need something more focused. But for example, this week, Rams 49ers, where I'm like, uh, you know, I, it's it's a good game, a rivalry game, but I don't really care. You know, I'd rather watch the Manning cast for that. Yeah, see, that's where I would agree. Like, if there are two teams, like, you just want to watch football, you don't care, but you want some entertainment. 
Yeah. You do that. And I, they tried to have a Sunday night baseball this year too with Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez. And I, I, I listened to it. I'm like, okay, I like Michael Kay doing what Michael Kay does. I don't need to hear him be somewhat different. What do you think about like, I think the format that works right now is great with the Manning cast, but sometimes I feel like they bring on these guests that are like, just, they slow it down. I thought Jalen Hurts was fine. They're actually really good when they're talking to another quarterback. Like when they're talking to like a Hollywood person or whatever, it always feels awkward and unnatural. What if you put them during the one o'clock hour and you just had Eli and Peyton. I feel like they're at their best when it's just the two of them and they're talking about the game. Like, what if you got them during the one o'clock or the four o'clock hour and, you know, you kind of could have them bounce around talking about the whole league or what's going on. I feel like that would be kind of better. Like their own version of Red Zone. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like sitting with the Mannings at their house while they're, while they're watching Red Zone and they're kind of hosting it. But it might be, I could see it being a little overwhelming for them. Like they can focus on one game and stuff, but get rid of the interviews. Do you need the interviews? I, I'm sure it's helping draw some viewership. Like when you have Jalen Hurts or Steph Curry and, I think it was John Hamm was the third one on this week. I'm sure it's the, there's people who are tuning in just for that too. So, hey, this is why I'm not a producer at ESPN, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I usually like their typical lineup of guests. But it – and look, I, I liked how Steph Curry was on this week just because it's hard to get NBA players during the season. But, man, wouldn't it be funny if you had, like, a Joel Embiid on there? Like, you imagine a clown like him with, with oh. the Mannings? Yeah, I was saying they should have Antonio Brown on. Oh, my God. Did you you hear his – well, I guess the story that came out on him this week, and then you get the the, the tweet on Sunday, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's playing into his role. Yeah, yeah, he he is, man. I get him on the Manny (laughs) – get him on the Manny cast. Get him on the Giants. They don't have anybody to throw to this week. Yeah, I know, right? So, hey, shoot. I saw that. It was like, just sign him. It was Antonio Brown and uh, and Odell Beckham Jr., and – it's like, yeah, I maybe one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what, what do you think of the whole report coming out? I think Josie Anderson, uh, my colleague, was the first one to say it. Odell's been talking to people in the Giants. They, they, she didn't say if he was in the building or not. Though. All right, well, let me tell you this, Jeff. Like, Because oh, a lot of people jumped on her because they were saying, like, oh, he was just visiting Sterling Shepard. Okay, she was right. Like, he was visiting Sterling Shepard at the facility – and why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Like, you can meet Sterling Shepard anywhere. Like, you know what kind of ripples it's going to send. Also, like, this is not a new thing. Like, I could see if you're not really plugged into, like, Giants Twitter and stuff. Like, ever since Dable and Shane came, like, Giants Twitter and Giants fans have been saying, okay, it's only a matter of time until Odell comes back. Like, Odell is going to come back. Like, Gettleman was the, the rift that, like, kept you know he traded Odell away now that he's gone and kind of has been like proven wrong I guess you could say like the block the wall that stood between the Giants and Odell is now knocked down and I do think that Odell like was he wanted to be a giant he wanted to win as a giant and he ultimately got traded away to the Browns as punishment uh, I think for kind of his emotional behavior early in his career I still think that he's like, you know, kind of addicted to the spotlight and he loves um, a lot of the buzz that it creates um, heading into that Cowboys game on Monday night a couple weeks ago. Uh, 
you know, there was rumors that he was going to be at the game and the stands and stuff. And then right after that game, you know, it looks pretty bad. You know, Sterling Shepard goes down. You got David Sills falling down on a route. And the Giants just don't – they look like the Giants that we expected them to be uh, against the Cowboys, to be honest. And they couldn't beat, you know, Cooper Rush-led Cowboys team. And uh, after that, there was two big reporters, Art Stapleton and uh, Jordan Renan, ESPN. Both said, hey, Odell, not happening this year. It's off the table. So I don't know what they heard, but they must have heard something uh, that was – telling them it wasn't going to happen. The Giants also don't have any money this year. Like it's all next year and the year after. So I bet you my guess is Odell was like mad that they were kind of quashing that buzz. And so he's like, fine, I'll go and fly into New York and meet Stern Shepard at the team facility and tell Jacina because I want to create that buzz again. And so that's what tells me it might not be this year, but Odell will be back with the Giants. Yeah. We used to joke in Philadelphia that Alshon Jeffrey was uh, Josiah's confinement when the whole Carson Wentz stuff came out. I'm sure, like, I mean, same with Janoris Jenkins. Like, when the Giants were last good in 2016, like, everything that was kind of getting through to – she was reporting a lot of stuff, and a lot of it was through Janoris Jenkins. And, um, hey, she's a good reporter. She's been around for a long time, and that's the way you do it. You work sources. And, uh, you know, I know the Alshon Jeffrey thing was very, very uh, – famous and popular but sometimes you get in hot water too like when your sources odell beckham's camp and he's obviously trying to you know convey a certain narrative with the fan base and uh you know sometimes you can step in it and that's what happened to her last night obviously you saw the you saw the video i posted uh that that guy giant twitter really heated up when darius Slade just pretty much goes in the middle of a james bradbury interview now the real question you should be asking is man how the giants let him walk out of that bill by the way darius slay left that game with a forearm injury D- didn't seem to have any forearm problems so he said and he's just sitting there like just kind of laughing like when am i going to use this moment and <laughs> hey i don't disagree with him in an x's and o's standpoint james bradbury is a great cornerback and like he's playing I think the Giants had him pretty good, like at the top of his game in 2020. I think last year he definitely took a step back, but the Eagles are getting him clearly at the top of his game. He's got two interceptions, including a pick six um, in the first four games of the season. So X's and O's, you can't disagree. Uh, but I'll ask Darius Slay, um, have you ever managed a salary cap? Because take a look at the Giants' salary cap. They had to make they had to make some tough moves, and James Bradbury is one of them. There was not a single Giants fan who wanted them to move on from James Bradbury. It's just kind of the okay, we got to plug our nose and make this move because you know there's so many bad contracts. Like if you're looking for someone to blame, blame Kenny Galladay. Blame Kenny Galladay for pretty much anything where the Giants don't have enough money. It's because they're paying him $25 million this year. He's got the largest cap hit of any wide receiver in the NFL, and he hasn't had a catch since week one. He's he's horrible. Yeah, so it's funny too, Kevin. So basically Bradbury, after that, he just – he handles it like such a professional. Like he knows it's a business relationship. I think James Bradbury understood it too. And good for him for standing his ground too, because like they went to a lot of guys and were trying to, you know, Hey, can we get you to take a pay cut this year type thing? I'm not even a hundred percent certain like where things stood or how hard they pushed for a pay cut with James Bradbury. Um, But like, you know, I know that they worked with Leonard Williams on his contract and um, you know, a few others, but Bradbury, I think, knew his value, knew how good he was. And he was like, look, this team's going to be rebuilding. 
and you know you're gutting the defense now shoot the defenses look pretty good and playing for wink martindale is actually looks pretty fun but you know good for him to be like no this is what i'm worth and if you don't want to pay me that cut me and then i'll go to your division rival and show you how wrong you were everybody thinks it's it's more of a bitter that i think he's a perfect fit in their scheme and then you put him next to darius slay it's even better james bradbury's playing at an all pro level this year is that the i thought he played at all pro level in 2020 so that doesn't surprise me one bit uh is there a better uh cornerback duo have you seen a cornerback duo ranking uh has anyone done one yet you should do one (laughs) (laughs) well i just ranked the the top um guys and uh opponents passer rating when the primary defender and Slay and Bradbury are two and three. Okay, well there you go. That's that. There you go. Then no, you don't need to do. It's a futile exercise. That tells you all you need to know right there. Yeah, I mean Tariq Woolen, who the Eagles won the draft by the way. I think they were going to draft him, and Seattle took him the literally the pick before him in the fifth round. And I, I know there were people upset in that building that they couldn't get. He's he's only allowed a ten point two passer rate through the first four weeks. That's wild. Um, yeah, man, I I can't I believe that we have to wait until mid-December to see the Giants and the Eagles it play sucks. each other. You it know, sucks. I, like I I'm just looking at like every time I come on here, I'm like looking at the Eagles schedules. I'm gonna be like, all right, where's the next time they're going to get a get a loss? <laughs> and I'm like, is there a loss on here? And like, where am I looking here? I'm looking at it right now. I was like, you know, are you at all worried about going to Arizona Cardinals? Like, well, the Eagles don't win out there. I don't think they've won out there since 2001. Yeah, but I think the Cardinals are like, I don't know, man. I'm not in. I said yesterday they have to get off to a fast start against them because probably, yeah. Yeah. So they seem like a team that could score in bunches. Here's a stat for you: the Eagles have the most plays in the NFL with with a lead, 187. The Cardinals have the fewest with 13. They've only had the lead 13 plays, and they're that is interesting. But that also tells me that they're going to be like fighting and scratching. They're not going to be like the Jaguars and the Commanders and the Vikings who are just going to lay down in the second half, you know? Exactly. Like, I still think they're a good football team, and their defense has been playing really well the last couple games. So if Kyler Murray becomes Kyler Murray, and they are getting healthier at wide receiver now, I mean, they just cut Andy Isabella because they're getting healthier at wide receiver. So, I mean, they're da- to me, they're dangerous. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll say that they're dangerous. And uh, you're right. Anytime you're going across the country, you know, anything could happen. Plus, I also just feels like this weird year where there's been so much parody and like everyone's beaten everybody. And like the Eagles have been this one weird team that's kind of like slipped past it. And like they're due for their, like everyone's had their loss. Um, you know what I mean? And so uh, I think that they're due for it. Like, yeah, I, think, I think any Eagles fan would trade a loss this week instead of a loss next week. Oh, Cowboys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, of course. Um, So how do you feel about the Cowboys? Like, I'm shocked that they're, I don't know what I'm more surprised by. Are you more surprised that the Eagles are 4-0 and or that the Cowboys are 3-1 and with Cooper Rush? I'm not surprised they're 3-1 and with their defense. But to me, Cooper Rush, he's not wowing me. Like, it's, they're finding different ways to beat teams every week, which I kind of like. Like, last week, they couldn't run the ball as efficiently against Washington, but Rush is making the throws, and he's not making the mistakes you would see Dak make. He's not bad. No, he's not. Rush isn't bad quarterback. He was with the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> he's right. He was. I I think there's two things like that we wildly, and I say we, I just mean like NFL Twitter, kind of like 
were way wrong on after week one. Like one put way too much stock in Dak Prescott. And it's like, I'm the bit like, I won't say I'm the biggest Dak Prescott detractor, but I'm not like a, Oh, Dak is the truth guy. You know, like I think he's a solid quarterback, but he makes a lot of mistakes. And like Cooper rush doesn't make a lot. Of, so where Cooper rush maybe is lacking in athleticism or just, you know, raw ability, like, okay, he's also going to make fewer mistakes than Dak and you end up winning the game. It's called being a game manager. So honestly, that's a wash. And Phil Sims should get his flowers. Like Phil Sims, when he said, like after week one, he's like, I don't think it's a big drop off to Cooper Rush. And everyone was like, you know, Julian Edelman's right there making fun of him on a, on Showtime or whatever it was. It's like, dude, everyone should be walking to, you know, Phil Sims and delivering a, a, an apology for what, like the, it was like it was blasphemy. There's certain quarterbacks, and maybe just because he's a cowboy, like oh, you can't say bad things about Dak. You can't you can't criticize Dak. Um, I think he certainly deserved it. And then yeah. number two is their defense. Their defense is like lights out. Like I don't know how we forgot that. Yeah, over the years, I I, I used to love when you had the NFL show how you would get your subtle jazz in there of Dak Prescott, and then you put in. Patrick Walker on the show. And then it's like you two just going back and forth. And remember, Pat wrote the controversial article at 16. They should go back to Romo for the playoffs. Honestly, yeah. Pat, if you remember, was, I mean, I don't know how much he'll admit of this, but he was a Romo guy. Like, he, like, that's such a weird thing. Like, it's funny because Dak is almost getting dacked, like Wally Pipped, but like, you know what I mean? Like, remember how Dak entered? Like, he was a fourth round rookie, I think. And like, they just kind of ran the ball really well, played solid defense. He wasn't the reason they were, you know, losing games. They weren't losing games. But, you know, you had Tony Romo who was going to come back at some point, and then, you know, it just never really happened. So, I don't know. That's a tough situation. Like Jerry Jones said, hey, that's a good situation. If we got a quarterback controversy, that means we're winning. You know, and people were like, oh, you want Cooper Rush to win? He's like, no, he wants the Cowboys to win. You know, like, you don't care. Whoever's playing, like, that's how I feel about the Giants this week. Like, you know, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care if it's Saquon. I don't care if it's Daniel Jones. I don't care if it's practice squad Davis Webb. Like, doesn't matter who's winning. Like, that's the end of the story. I, you just want to win the game. We were talking about this before you came on. How do you feel about Saquon Barkley getting the ball as much as he is? I'm all for it. I, I'm glad we circled back to that because I caught that like as I jumped on, I heard you guys talking and I wanted it. I was like trying to jump through the screen, jump into that conversation. But uh, I think that like, first of all, if you look back, like, yeah, this past week was a weird week where you had both quarterbacks go down. He's got to take on the Wildcat. Daniel Jones doesn't even throw a pass in the fourth quarter. So they're just running out the clock with Saquon. He ends up with 31 carries, which is his most since his sophomore year at Penn State. Um the three weeks before that, he only eclipsed 20 carries once. He was averaging 17 carries per game. So they were actually getting kind of a lot from, you know, minimal usage. I won't say minimal usage, but not – what we saw this past week is not what we've seen the first four weeks. Now, if things continue, yeah, they're going to have to – the way – with the quarterback situation, they're going to have to keep feeding him the ball. Um, there's also the fact that I think that there's, there's hidden touches, I'll say. Like, so what happens on a bootleg when they fake the ball to him and yeah, maybe he's not getting tackled and being brought to the ground, but the whole defense thinks he's got the ball and he's getting hit, you know, like 
I'll say it's pretty rare you see an injury on that. But if you're just talking about the overall toll on the body of playing running back, um, the whole offense runs through him. And even like, you know, the quarterback rollouts, the play action and stuff like they work so well because Saquon right now, and I don't, I'm not mincing words when I say this, he's the best player in the NFL right now. Oh, I would agree with you. I, I was going to ask you if he's the best running back in the NFL, but I think he's the best, easily the best running back in the NFL right now. And I'm the kind of guy who I know you're because you're a Saquon guy, but like it's been really hard to say lately with how many injuries he's had. But like this doesn't feel like a new take to me. You know, I felt like he was the best running back in the league after his rookie year. I feel like anytime he's healthy and the Giants offense is somewhat functional, he's the best running back in the league. I think people forgot that when Jason Garrett came in, they ran a really like vanilla offense and. You know, uh, he, he was suffering a lot of injuries. Um, but now when you see him in Dayball's offense, they run the ball extremely well. That offensive line, you're right. I also heard what you said about the offensive line. It's not good, but they run they they run block well. And Evan Neal, if you look at his run block grade compared to his pass block grade, wildly different. He's much better when he can just go straight ahead and, and block. So, And Saquon's making a lot of plays happen on his own, even when the blocking's not there. So, um it does, like I said, doesn't feel like a new take to me that Saquon is the best running back in the league. This is the first time I've ever felt, though, and maybe it's just because I feel like there's not one quarterback who's kind of transcending the pack, but Saquon feels like the MVP leader to me right now. I mean, maybe you could say, I mean, statistically, you look at what Lamar Jackson has done, but they've only won two games, you know? Yeah, So I mean, is that Lamar's fault, though? No, I don't think either one is Lamar's fault, but when you're looking at the Giants, the Ravens should be 4-0. The Giants probably should be 0-4, but Saquon has carried them to 3-1. and So you tell me who's more valuable. Yeah, oh, oh Saquon's definitely more valuable, right? Uh, right. This, now, this, I don't think that's going to last the whole season. And you know, like, who's the last running back to get a – was it Peterson, 2012? Yeah, it's Peterson, 2012. Yeah, so it just doesn't go to running backs anymore. Like you gotta be. Not only do you have to be like close to a two thousand yard season, you need no quarterback to have, you know, an exceptional season or even like an above average season, you know, for them. Um, well, what makes to win it, it as a running back? Yeah. What well, here's what makes it harder now. Now you got guys like Lamar Jackson who's running for a thousand yards. That's Hurts true. Right for double digit touchdowns. It, yeah. It, it's yeah. Insane. How do you how do you value that when you're like, oh well, Lamar Jackson did seventy five percent of Saquon's rushing total plus through thirty touchdowns. You know, like that's tough to be. And, and I definitely think skews the, Hey, maybe, maybe I'm looking, it's right under my nose. Maybe Jalen hurts is MVP. Here's the thing. I, I've been big in the whole Jalen hurts is an MVP candidate case. But when you look at the Eagles team, they're so complete across the board. Like it, it feels like there's a different player that's stepping up every single week. And that's just shows you how deep they are. Yeah, that's true. And great defense they could play great team defense too like it's not just one guy which that reminds me of 2017 like mm -hmm. that was i know there were a lot of stars on that defense i don't want to minimize any individual person but that just felt like a great team defense you know yeah so when i ask guys like brandon graham fletcher cox who were on that team they try to downplay as much as they can but they also i think they're starting to feel a little I'm sure they are. I mean, I'm sure they feel that in training camp and like, they obviously can't say that, 
You know, they can't like go to the media and say, and then you get in a Vince Young situation. I feel like I'm on a dream team, you know, like, so I understand the difference between the way you feel in the locker room and the way that you kind of have to carry yourself in the media and stuff. But if you're an Eagles, if you're on the Eagles right now and you look at the way that they're winning, I mean, just look at the way, like, it's so funny because yeah, you look at, you go, the Eagles are four and oh, the Giants are three and one. Wow. They, they're pretty similar, huh? It's like, not really. Like, if you look at the way that the Eagles are winning, these games are over at halftime. A lot of times. And then the Giants are like, you know, Saquon Barkley is playing quarterback in the fourth quarter against the Bears. Bears. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you are scratching and clawing for every win. So, but hey, like, I just think expectations are completely different. If I'm an Eagles fan, you know, I went to the playoff, you know, my team went to the playoffs or a wild card. I'm expecting them to make this leap. I'm expecting them to be a playoff team. I'm expecting them to compete with the Cowboys for a division title and potentially make a Super Bowl run. If I'm the Giants, I'm like, holy cow, the season's not over and it's October 4th or 5th, whatever it is. But yeah, So I almost texted you yesterday while I was watching Giants-Bears game and I'm watching every play. I wanted to text you in the second half. I'm like, dude, the Bears suck. Dude, all right. So yeah, like I try to control myself and hem myself in because I remember this is an NFC East show. But yeah, Justin Fields... I'm sorry. People, Jordan DeJani, biggest Justin Fields defender that I know, although he's been uh, he's a bigger on Twitter. Defender, I think. <laughs> yeah, dude, Justin Fields doesn't have it. I am sorry. And there's another thing. Everyone wants to say the situation and everyone wants to say, oh, uh, you know, he is a terrible offensive line. Okay, you name one quarterback who can hold on to the ball behind their offensive line for five seconds until someone gets open. And then also, oh, Justin Fields doesn't have any – dude, Darnell Mooney is 10 times better than any receiver on the Giants. Like, if you put Darnell Mooney on the Giants, holy cow, that would drastically change – so I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it that Justin Fields, oh, the situation is wrong. Dude, they fired the coach and brought in a new coach and general manager. Like, oh, and, and this doesn't work either. I can't stand how some quarterbacks get dumped on no matter what, and then other quarterbacks, they get – Every excuse. And for whatever reason, I think it's just because Bears fans were so thirsty for a quarterback um, that they were like, oh, Justin Fields, like you, sorry, we're crowning you before we even ever watch you play or anything, just because we've never had a good quarterback. I still kind of laugh at that 2021 quarterback. play. I feel like Zach Wilson got ripped the most out of any of this last year. He ain't half bad. Honestly, he's been the one that like has kind of, Every time there's a big quarterback class like that, I love it, first of all. But, like, I got my guy, and I got my guy I don't like. And then I got a few that I'm in the middle on that I can't really make heads or tails of. And the big one in 2018 was, like, I was a Lamar guy. feel like that worked out. And I was I was not big on – I don't remember if it was Baker or Sam Darnold. I guess I didn't have one that I really hated in that one. I, I Whatever. I, I, Lamar and Josh Allen. Josh Allen was one that I was kind of, like, in, uh, indifferent on. And then this class this that came up, I, I was a big Mac Jones guy. Love Mac Jones. And I don't know, that's a little shaky in year two for sure. But, but is it Mac Jones or is it Judge and Matt Patricia? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. It could be a little bit of both. I think Mac Jones definitely limits. You know, he's limited in terms of his ability. But, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, Kevin, I'm going to have to have you on next week. We're going to continue this conversation. Tone's telling me to wrap it up here. But, man, that half hour went quick, my friend. Uh, once again, where can I find all your content? Yeah, uh, find me on Twitter. Just search my name. You see it right there. Kevin Boylard on Twitter. You can find me there. And heavy.com, of course. Yes, of course. Go, go read my stuff over at heavy.com. 
All right. Sounds great. Kevin, once again, I appreciate you coming on, my friend. All right, guys. I'll catch you later. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Yeah, see you next Wednesday. All right. And Tone's telling me I got to put a bow on the show, and we're going to do that right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Wrap up the show here, and man, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I want to bring up a little bit of baseball really quick. Congrats, Aaron Judge, for hitting number sixty-two last night. I, I know people say it's not the real home run record. Uh, to me, they're the same people that just feel, you know, it's uh, they're people that are just miserable all the time, and those are those types of people. Um, well. You're Barry Bonds at 73. Yeah, but you're also the one discrediting Barry Bonds for in 73. So congrats to Aaron Judge. I got to watch that live last night. It was awesome. 
not a Yankees fan at all. Big baseball fan, though. Great for the sport. But I want to get into some football talk here. And it, it does involve the Eagles. We didn't get to talk much about the Eagles today. But let me tell you guys something. As someone who's pretty much watched every game now the first four weeks, I really don't know right now if there's any team in the NFC that can beat the Eagles right now. I really don't. Um, the Rams are not who we thought they were. They're not. Um, they got a lot of problems. I think they're going to be fine in the long run. The Packers, they got Aaron Rodgers. But their, their offensive line's getting healthy. Their defense is really good. But I'm just not sold on these wide receivers yet. I think Romeo Dobbs can be a nice player. He drops a lot of passes. Christian Watson doesn't seem to have it yet. Alan Lazard's good in the red zone. Randall Cobb's good in the slot. They're just not there yet. Tampa Bay, it's Tom Brady. His personal issues aside, they're getting healthier wide receiver. But their run defense just got gashed by the Chiefs. They didn't gashed by anybody. Maybe they're missing Mike Caldwell, who's over in Jacksonville now. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't know. It's To me right now, if I had to rank the three best teams in the National Football League, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not putting it in, in any particular order, but right now they're the three. And I think I put Green Bay up there. I think Green Bay is still a really good team. But it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia right now. The Baltimore Ravens should honestly be up there, but they their defense can't stop anybody. They've only trailed for a total of like 16 seconds the entire season, and they're 2-2. Two and two. It's funny how football works. It really is. Um, I would honestly put the Dallas Cowboys up in my top six, top seven right now because of that defense and because there isn't that big of a drop-off right now between Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush, as Kevin Boyler said earlier. There isn't. They're a good football team, and you have to respect that. And guess what? The Eagles don't run the NFC East until they beat the Dallas Cowboys. That's why, to me, Week 6 means a lot. I would trade for a loss this week for a win in Week 6 any day of the week if I'm an Eagles fan. I would. If you, if you picked a game for the Eagles to lose over the next three, four games, I would definitely pick this week over any of them. Over Pittsburgh, over Houston, which they're going to beat anyway. Let's be real here. I don't see them losing those games. But week six is the game. You cannot give the Dallas Cowboys life. You can't. We're going to find out how good Dallas is later this week when they play the Rams. But I'm going to tell you what, that game is going to be close. It's going to be a lot closer than you think. Because I think Dallas is legitimate now. I really do. And I know I said they were done a couple weeks ago. Clearly, I underestimated Cooper Rush and what they've been able to do. I still think Mike McCarthy isn't a good coach. But Kellen Moore is. Kellen Moore is, and we know Dan Quinn is, and we know that defense is for real. So, you know, right now, though, it's Chiefs, Bills, Eagles in no particular order. They're the three best teams in this league. And we'll talk about that more tomorrow. I got my boy, my former boss at CBS Sports. He's now at Sportsline, Alan Bell. He'll give you a gambling perspective tomorrow. It's going to be a great time here on Good Morning MC East. Alan's a trip. You guys will love him. I hope to get him on a bunch of times here. Great dude, great person, great friend. Um, we got Birds 365 coming up next. Joey McDonald and John McMullen. They got your Eagles talk for you. This is Jeff Kerr on Good Morning MC East. Have a good day, guys.